Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Food Flow, the podcast dedicated to the in-depth exploration of the beautiful world of food. My name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com, and I am joined today by a health coach, food blogger, and pioneer in all things gut health, Hayden Smith. Hayden, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And today's topic is raw milk. It's something that's gained a lot of popularity lately, and there's a lot of confusion around it. So uh, before we kind of get into that, kind of the basics of it, the pros and the cons, misconceptions, what you kind of need to know about the topic, let's start with Hayden, kind of your food story. How did you get here? Yeah, well, it's been a long journey, so probably about 10 years in the making now. But uh, so 10 years ago, my family, we just had a standard American diet. You know, we ate like everybody else, mac and cheese, Pepsi. You know, we thought Diet Coke was healthier for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but uh, we were really sick. So my brother and I had severe eczema and I'd had it for six years. My brother had it for three years. And I mean, severe, like bloody, scabby, just constant itching. And we'd been to every doctor. We tried every, you know, natural DIY herbal remedy and nothing helped. I mean, we used steroid creams when we had to, but those are just really hard on you. So there wasn't really any options for us as far as medical treatments. So you know, my mom, desperate, trying to heal her kid, she's just trying everything. And somebody had randomly suggested that we try raw milk. And 10 years ago, you know, raw milk wasn't as well known as it is today. So back then, we had no idea what that was. I mean, I come from a farming family, but still, like, pasteurization was just milk you just get at the store. So, you know, we didn't think anything of it. But we got our hands on some raw milk. And within a few weeks, my brother came out and showed my mom his hands, which had been scabby and bloody as whole for the past uh, three years. And they were clear for the first time in three years, no eczema. And it took me another few months to fully recover because it was more serious and I'd had it for a lot longer. But uh, after a few months of drinking raw milk, it was completely gone. And, you know, this is just amazing after <laughs> going wow, from doctor yeah. to doctor for years and people telling you that there's no cure and you're able to heal yourself with just food, just food that you ate, real food straight from the farm. So that kind of began our journey into this whole real food movement. And so my mom's like, well, you know, we've got a farm, uh, we've got land. I grew up with a large animals, so let's get a cow. So we've now been milking cows for seven years and selling completely raw milk to our community. And seeing the health recovery stories to about, you know, 150 families who come out every week for raw milk is just amazing what these people are recovering from. Um, not only eczema, but allergies and asthma, IBS, colitis, acid reflux. I mean, it just goes on and on. So that's kind of my journey into this real food world. And it's just totally taken over my life. And that kind of led to your experience with the raw milk. And like you said, and selling it, that kind of led to the blogging and the mm -hmm. you know, helping other people with, I know you do it a lot with gut health and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it all just kind of evolved from there, huh? Yeah, exactly. What did you say in your original email or did you, or you're going to school yeah. or what was it? Both. So I got my undergrad in micro and molecular biology. And then right now I'm working on my master's in uh, holistic nutrition. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, so let's go let's go from there into raw milk. You touched on it a little bit briefly there, but for someone that hasn't heard anything about it, the name kind of makes it sound intense. But I mean, <laughs> in its most simple form, what are we talking about with raw milk? What is it? 
Raw milk is just straight from the cow. So that means it hasn't been pasteurized. So it hasn't been heated up at super high temperatures and it's not homogenized. So you've got this beautiful cream line at the top, this big line of cream and it's all raw. So raw just means that all of the enzymes and proteins and any bacteria or things living in the milk have not been killed off. So pasteurization destroys everything that's alive in milk. And raw milk is just real. It hasn't been touched and it hasn't been changed in any way. Well, and I think, and now it's like, that seems, that seems really crazy to people, but I think it's important to note that a hundred years ago about all Mm -hmm. milk was, I mean, milk was raw milk. You just called it milk. Like there was no different names. So the pasteurization is actually a relatively new concept. And just to clarify here, basically pasteurization is heating the milk up to 165 degrees Fahrenheit for about 15 seconds to kill off that bacteria. Homogenization, on the other hand, is a different process and it's used to keep milk from separating. When you take regular milk and you let it sit out, the cream will rise to the top. Now, that's not very aesthetically pleasing and you have to like shake it up and people don't like it. So they invented homogenization, which basically you press all this liquid through like this screen, which separates the fat molecules or something. I don't fully understand it. But you end up with the whole milk that you see at the store today and all of the fat or the cream is dispersed evenly throughout the milk instead of getting the cream on top. Now, there's two sides to this fence, obviously. And on the one side, the people are saying that's killing off the good stuff. And on the other side, you know, if you do start diving in the world of Google, you will quickly realize that the government, the CDC, Center of Disease Control, the FDA, they want you to avoid raw milk like the plague it is like one step below crack cocaine and it is <laughs> essentially i mean in all practical terms they use it's it's basically it's extremely dangerous and uh, oh, yeah. so what are your what are your i mean what are your what are your thoughts on, on that well initially so a hundred years ago this is about the turn of the century so early 1900s raw milk was pretty dangerous i mean people were getting tuberculosis and dying from e coli and all this terrible stuff But there was reasons for that. That was because we saw this big shift to a more industrial nation. So instead of, you know, farms with uh, healthy cows raised out on pasture and on grass, now what the shift from this industrial nation, we had to feed more and more people in less and less space. So these inner city dairies were created and the health conditions there were just devastating. I mean, they're feeding the cows a lot of spent brewery grains, which are really damaging for the cow's digestive system. And they're feeding them, well, just crap. And that makes the cows sick. And so, of course, the cows are then going to produce unhealthy milk. And then if you drink that milk, you're going to get sick. So that was about when we discovered that germs can cause disease. And so at that time, pasteurization was a total game changer. I mean, it saved millions and millions of lives because we were able to kill off things like tuberculosis. But today, we know how to produce raw milk very, very safely. And if you produce it safely, you produce this really amazing healing food that is super nutritious and is not going to kill you. But, you know, it's like you said, there's so much politics behind it. There's the dairy industry is multi-billion dollar industry. So there's a lot more going on here. So you're not going to just Google it and find out 10 health benefits of raw milk. You know? <laughs> so you really have to do some digging to find out if raw milk is good for you and, and what your personal beliefs are and where you stand on it personally. 
Well, I think in com- coming back to, uh, you know, whether, you know, the personal decision of it, what you touched on there with, with the business behind it and the industry there, I think that's mm-hmm. really important to note because it's actually really interesting. I was just reading a book. Uh, it's called Bet the Farm by Frederick Kaufman, and he talks about how food is essentially it's become a commodity. I mean, he talks right. he, one of his examples is how blocks of cheddar cheese are sold on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, you know, alongside <laughs> platinum and propane. I mean, food, these commodity foods, you know, they're 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 traded in futures and they they're they're they are almost like stocks, you know. And there's right. a lot of money in them. And to have food like that, that sort of system, it really benefits from products that can transport well and can store well. And that's another thing that pasteurization really did. You were able to get uniform milk, a lot of milk. It transports really well. Another advantage of pasteurization is that it prevents souring. Uh, With raw milk, you have bacteria in it, and that bacteria breaks down the lactose. The lactose is the sugar in the milk. So as the bacteria breaks it down, it starts developing a sour flavor. Now, you can put the raw milk in the fridge, and that slows it down, but after a few weeks, you're still going to start getting some sour flavors to it. Now, pasteurized milk, all the bacteria has been killed off, so if it's stored properly, it can maintain that same flavor almost indefinitely. Now, the important thing to note here is the difference between spoiling and souring. Spoiling is when food gets like mold and, you know, stuff like that, and that's bad. Souring is a little bit different because when you think about it, uh, traditional human, you know, human who are drinking milk, and even today in a lot of parts of the world, if they didn't have access to refrigeration or a way to pasteurize the milk, that milk would have started souring, and that's how they would have drank it. So most of the milk, unless they were drinking pretty much straight from the udder, would have been slightly soured. What I think is interesting to note here is that that natural souring process of the milk actually reduces the lactose, which is uh, the part of the milk that a lot of people have issues with digesting today. Anyway, kind of interesting. So there's a lot of consistency and that those, uh, you know, an industrial food system relies on those sort of consistencies. Now, Absolutely. That, and in, 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 you know, in the cynical way, it's like, it's like, oh, that's the man. They're going after our money. That's why <laughs> they did it. In a less cynical sense, it's also the system that is allows everyone to get a gallon of milk for a dollar, you know, or whatever it is. So right. there are some benefits as far as um, cheap and efficient food goes because we all can get it as much as we want for a cheap price. But I guess the argument for a lot of raw milk advocates is that it's coming at a price of nutrition. So let's get a little uh, into that a little further. Um, as far as the the good stuff in raw milk that people are saying you're losing when you pasteurize it, what mm-hmm. exactly, what are we talking about there? It's a whole slew of things. So yeah, there's proteins in there that get, so pasteurization is going to denature it and it warps all the proteins and enzymes found in milk. And it turns it into these things that your body doesn't recognize. So your body actually attacks these foreign things that it doesn't recognize because it doesn't think those aren't milk proteins anymore. Your body sees those pasteurized proteins and it's like, what the heck is that? I've got to attack it. So actually, people who are consuming milk, milk consumption is declining because so many more people are becoming allergic or intolerant to pasteurized dairy kind of that idea I think uh food allergies you know even I haven't seen a lot of like scientific evidence on this but for me food allergies are kind of like nature's red flag you know what I mean mm-hmm. you look at the you look at the food allergens right now things like soy and dairy and gluten and I think you have three foods that have been part of the human diet part of healthy human diets for centuries mm-hmm. but only recently we've completely changed the way that they are cultivated and prepared you know, I mean, absolutely soy milk compared to traditional tofu and milk compared to raw milk and 
Wonder Bread compared to traditional <laughs> sourdoughs. They're completely different food products. And it's crazy that like as a population, these red flags start shooting up in the form of food allergies. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yes, pasteurization definitely affects all of the proteins in there, but it also kills off all of the good probiotics, the beneficial bacteria and yeast. And uh, so I know your audience is probably familiar with the gut microbiome a little bit, but we need really good, beneficial, healthy bacteria. And raw milk is a perfect medium for these probiotics. So it's filled with these amazing good bacteria that are completely destroyed by pasteurization. And then also you're going to disrupt a lot of uh, the nutrition as far as the vitamin and mineral content. A lot of milk today is drank skim or low fat, and so you're not absorbing all of the nutrition in the milk without that good fat. And uh, so many other things, pasteurized milk, since it's mostly from big feedlot dairies, these cows are really sick to begin with, so there's not a whole lot of nutrition in the milk as compared to a cow that's healthy, happy, raised on grass and pasture. So there's all sorts of things that are going on in pasteurized milk versus raw milk that make them totally different things. It's just night and day. Well, and that's and that's interesting because there's really there's really two different categories of differences. The first one, like you mentioned, those are the actual differences that can be scientifically documented. And uh, mm -hmm. as far as a lot of a lot of like scholarly peer reviewed research, a lot of it is a little lacking, and it is a relatively new subject. But from what I can find, there's very few like really hard studies that have been done on like large populations. But I mean, but the same way as you, I mean, I've heard, you know, you can find anecdotal evidence is overflowing on the internet of people who, you know, were lactose mm -hmm. intolerant or, you know, had whatever benefits from raw milk. But, you know, so while it is lacking in some studies there, there are some things that have been proven. Uh, I know specifically that I've read, I think, B12 and a couple other vitamins yeah. very specifically go down. But then there's the other side of it, the side that's a little bit more subjective. And that's the fact that when you're getting involved with raw milk, what are you really saying yes to? You know, what? where's your money going? And normally, the you know, the raw milk I've seen, you know, the farmer's handing it to you. And in that case, mm -hmm. like when you look your farmer in the eye, when you can go, you look at his cows, that sort of food system that you're being a part of is completely different. So when people say raw milk is better than pasteurized milk, I think it's important to note that you're not really advocating for all milk to be raw tomorrow. Like that would be a disaster, right? Like, yeah. if, like if Walmart was trying to massive, massively raw milk i mean that oh would my gosh. work right i mean that would be <laughs> i would news. never never ever drink that raw milk oh my gosh okay yeah. so i think because that is kind of you know you when you start hearing you know the rhetoric like raw milk is better you know people try to blanket statement to being like all you know but it is there's a time and a place for it and like you and like i saw on your site you know you kind of point out that it can be hard to get and what is it what does it take to get raw milk in most of the states today i mean it's it's illegal in most places right well, actually not. So there's about 10 states left where it's totally illegal. So and then in the rest of the 40 states, the laws vary. So like I'm here in Oregon and we are limited to only three cows and you have to come to the farm to pick it up. And there's laws like that around the U.S., but every state is different. So I know in California and Washington and some other states, you can actually buy it in the stores. And in other states, it's a, a herd share agreement. So you kind of, you know, buy the cow, you're buying a part of the cow, you're not actually buying yep. the raw milk. So yep. there's kind of some roundabout ways to do it. But it's also hard to find because so many farmers either are not allowed to advertise, 
or they're afraid to advertise because there's a lot of backlash oh, in yeah. the I saw the uh, I've seen the photos of the of the SWAT team in California yeah. dumping the raw milk out on the street. Like they had a big oh, sting. Gosh. Like they like kicked in the door and I don't know, threw stun grenades and stuff. I don't really know. But it was uh yeah, I mean they go you know, the FDA and the CDC, they really uh they you know, they really crack down when people, you know, aren't following all the rules specifically. I know that. Oh yeah, and it can be really devastating to a small farm if that's your only income and they come and put a cease and desist order and you can't sell your milk for a week. I mean, you could be out of business by that time. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and 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 what and that kind of back on that is like what they're what they are cracking down on even when you read about the dangers of raw milk. What I've noticed is that it always comes down to if there's bacteria in it. Basically, the idea is some milk, you know, and they're trying to say that Basically, all milk has the same odds, but I think the argument could be made that a small local farmer maybe has slightly less odds of getting bacteria in his milk. Whatever the case, if the bacteria, if listeria is in your milk and you don't pasteurize it, it can propagate and you can get sick. But mm -hmm. if that listeria isn't in your milk, then there's other bacteria that isn't bad. And I think people, you know, more and more people with fermentation and, you know, eating pickles and eating yogurt, we're getting a little more understanding of good bacteria but totally. that's kind of the idea, and I love Sander Katz talks about that. Like we're waging war on all bacteria, yeah. uh, and it's like you know, he's a he's just you know the big fermentation guy. And yeah, he, you know, we're waging war on all bacteria when it's only a very very small percentage that actually causes us any harm. And statistically speaking, with raw milk, you know it's kind of like the CDC acts like it's just like apocalypse. It's like taking lives every day. <laughs> yeah. But I mean the stats that I found so. From 2007 to 2012, a five-year period, there was 81 outbreaks associated with raw milk consumption. That resulted in about 1,000 illnesses, 70 people went to the hospital, and no one died. Now, mm -hmm. at first glance, that's 70 people in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. But comparatively, every year in America, there's 128,000 hospitalizations associated with foodborne illness. So... And obviously, you know, a very few percentage of the population is drinking raw milk. So statistically, you know, we could be here all day. But the point is, yeah. is that, you know, people talk about like raw milk, like everyone's dropping dead from it. And the amount of deaths, even in the last 20 years, I'm pretty sure can be are like, I don't know, only a few. So comparative to especially things like leafy greens, which everyone seems to no one has a problem with spinach and right. that has illnesses all the time. So Statistically speaking, I just it's it's really interesting the way that the CDC and some of these uh, governmental agencies talk about it because I just don't really I don't really see statistics backing it as far as the dangers. Mm -hmm. But what have you seen? Have you seen issues in your area with people getting sick from it? So yeah, and it does happen, and it has happened. Oh, I want to say like five years ago. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, about five years ago, there was a farm in our area that um, got people sick. But if you had stepped onto that farm and we'd seen it, you common sense would have told you never to drink the milk from that farm. So this is kind of a big problem in the raw milk world is that, uh, you know, it's a new thing. It's kind of a fad thing to do. Pretty cool. So yeah. people will say, oh, my gosh, I want to milk a cow. Let's go get a cow. And then so we're really involved in raw milk education around the world. And so literally we get emails every week of people saying, Oh my gosh, I just bought a cow. What should I do? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's really dangerous. So, uh, you know, before my mom started milking cows, she spent a year researching, visiting other farmers and learning from other people and from books and things about how to safely produce raw milk. 
And so you can produce very safe raw milk, but you can also kill people, honestly. And so, yeah, that is what the CDC and the FDA is afraid of. But uh, so to solve this problem, it's going to take uh, more awareness on so many different levels, both the consumer, but also on the farmer side of things. They really need to educate themselves and work really hard to have high ethical standards when it comes to producing raw milk. It's such an expensive thing to produce that it's so easy to cut corners. But whenever you cut corners in the food industry, you have the possibility of making people sick. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I mean, and uh, I mean, the industry, you know, for raw milk for a long time, you know, five years ago, if you went to somewhere that was selling raw milk, the odds are that that farmer was a very good natured. I mean, obviously I'm stereotyping, but he cared about the land. He cared about his animals. He probably talked to his cows. But now flash forward five years, the demand is high rates. I think California is up 25% on raw milk consumption mm -hmm. sales or something in the last couple of years. And now that there's all that money in it, like you said, there's a lot of farmers and it's hard. Uh, dairy farming in any realm is a, a difficult area to, you know, make a lot of money. So there's a lot of farmers now who are maybe trying to jump on board. Maybe these farmers don't really have people's gut health as their primary interest and the happiness mm -hmm. of the cow. And they are looking to make some money on raw milk. And like, and that obviously, you know, leads to corners being cut or people who don't fully understand. And it's something that, like you said, it's, it's moving and it's changing and it'll be really interesting to see where it goes in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Have you seen, I mean, you've seen the popularity in your area increase. Pretty yeah. Yeah. So I am in uh, the Portland area. So, you know, it's kind of a, a foodie city. So yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. definitely more aware up here. But in the Bay Area, too, in California, there's just huge demand and it's growing. But that's across the nation, too. So we're connected. We do a lot of online training programs for farmers around the world. And across the nation, we're seeing this demand. I mean, we're talking with farmers in South Dakota and Virginia and all over. And so it's not really isolated to these traditionally foodie cities anymore. It's across the country. And so it's really amazing to see people really taking action and taking interest in the food that they eat. Well, because it is, you know, like all things with food, it's a, you know, it's a consumer democracy. We vote with our wallets mm -hmm. and uh, it's what we're saying yes to. And then in this case, the raw milk revolution, it's finally got a little tread on the tires because there's a lot of people who are willing to pay good money for it. And yeah, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, the farmers adjusting and the policymakers adjusting. And Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, people are willing to pay more for it because in many cases, like in our case, it's our medicine. And I can't, I don't even want to think about how much money we've saved by buying this more expensive raw milk. Well, I think that's what Joel South, and I think is the one who says, he's like, if you think, if you think healthy food, healthy food's expensive, have you priced cancer lately? <laughs> I love that. And I know. Uh, I mean, it's, and a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of, lot, lot behind it, a lot of people. And, you know, unfortunately with the, with the raw milk right now, so much of it is anecdotal. You know, there's so few right. like hard, big population studies done on it and one, with how dangerous, you know, the government thinks it is, it's probably hard to get funding for that sort of research. But I do think it's probably something that's in the works right now. And it'll be really interesting to see as it comes. Cause like you said, people out there, there's so many people who are saying that their, their allergies are better, their digestive system's better, or mm -hmm. they were lactose intolerant and that they're able to tolerate right. raw milk. So right. it, um, it really is. It's, it's, it'll be, like I said, interesting to see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on the topic, I think we kind of covered some of the main things. Kind of to wrap things up here, what, if people are looking for some more information about kind of what you've got going on, where uh, where can they find you online? So my website is healingthroughfoods.com. So it's just pretty 
specific, right to the point. <laughs> so I've got a blog on there. I do lots of recipes and stuff. And my family's farm here just south of Portland, Oregon is called Shampooed Creamery. So we've got a really great website with tons of farm pictures and more recipes and things. So people can check out both of those and they'll get tons of nutrition information as well as all these fun little, you know, farm stuff too. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And, uh, and if they're in the area, they can, can they get a, a gallon of raw milk from, from your farm? <laughs> no, we've got a pretty long wait list right ah, now, that's... but you know, on their farm, we've also got pastured beef and pork and chicken and eggs and kefir grains All and fermented vegetables. <laughs> so yeah, everything. Cool. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So if you, if anyone is in the area, be sure to get out there. And I think, uh, kind of the conclusion of the whole thing, I mean, to wrap things up is that a lot of the science hasn't been there. We, there is a lot we don't know. Obviously, one of my big things is food that stood the test of time. I mean, milk mm -hmm. has been part of the human diet for, you know, 10,000 years roughly. So, you know, and like I said, pasteurization has only been around for 100. With that being said, modern food systems, there are a lot of benefits to pasteurization. It does offer a lot. But raw milk, it's 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 interesting. It'll be an it's definitely interesting to see where it goes to see what the science starts telling us about it. It's one of those things where, responsibly speaking, right now, I you know I'm a little nervous to like just tell everyone to drink raw milk because, like you said, it has to be done right. You got to find the yeah. right farmer. You got to do your research. It's a personal decision. But if you guys are interested, uh, yeah, you can get online. You know, there's a lot of good resources out there. Get on Hayden's website. You can contact her. She can help you. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, join the raw milk revolution, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Hayden, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Again, guys, that was Hayden Smith from HealingThroughFoods.com. And my name is Ivor Margerison from TheFoodFlow.com. If you're interested in some of the other projects I got going on, be sure to head over to the website. There's plenty more podcast episodes. I'm on Instagram at Food.Flow. I do short, informative, and crazy entertaining videos. The Food Flow apparel line is also up. The crazy, sexy awesomeness of food represented on t-shirts. You guys are going to love them. Be sure to check it out. Thanks for stopping by. See you guys next time.